Hi, and welcome to the Pet Healer Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Mitzi Vargas. And today we're going to be discussing how do we heal with acupuncture? Which, of course, you know, that's the first path I took in this alternative medicine or integrative practitioner journey was my certification with acupuncture. And uh, the interesting thing about acupuncture is that um, several millennia ago, the Chinese identified specific parts uh, in your body, pathways of energy flow that they call meridians. And along those pathways, imagine a good analogy, a superhighway. There are some exits or other minor streets which are um, other branches of those uh, meridians that connect to the uh, superhighway. And in the superhighway, there are specific areas or spots where the concentration of Xi is really very large. And so those are called the acupuncture points. They make out the highway, but the concentration of Qi is really high. So what does that even mean? They didn't have an electronic microscope uh, several millennia ago, 5,000 years ago. So how did they even discover that? And what is the reason that acupuncture works? Because let's be honest, that's the first question people ask me. So how does it work? Well, there's many theories still trying to define the precise mechanism, but I guess my first uh, thing to do is to define the acupuncture point. One makes it different to the other surrounding tissues. And we do have electronic microscope and we have a lot of other uh, ways to dissect and look at the tissues under a microscope and determine if they're special. And that's what they've done with the acupuncture points. They have determined that those acupuncture points are special because they have a higher concentration of free nerve endings, mostly motor nerves, um, although some sensory, uh, mast cells, arteries, and lymphatic vessels. So really high density. They're convergent points. And again, those points can be stimulated very easily and by many ways. So acupuncture, people think only needles, but there's many ways, many techniques to stimulate the point, starting with just touching it. So acupressure, uh, I guess it it will go under acupuncture because acupuncture is the study of these points and the stimulation of these points. Um, And uh, these points are there and they're scientifically proven that they're there, but how do they react? How do they stimulate the neurochemistry in your body, the pharmacy that you have in your brain? How does that little area there that is so rich in nerve endings actually make your body produce some chemicals that will make you feel better? NIH has actually dedicated some money and research for uh, the development of theories and development of uh, studies. And um, you will be surprised in a PubMed search will give you over 20,000 articles or 
published papers with related topics uh, with acupuncture and the mechanisms of how it works. So this is being researched all over the world, especially in China, let's be honest. There's a lot of papers that have not seen the light in Western medicine um, that they have still been re- being repeated. So there's a lot of papers in China that were done and people criticized the methodology and um, that's not what we use in the West. So now Western researchers are actually repeating these experiments in gathering the results and publishing in a manner where it's more accepted, more widely accepted in the scientific community. But that takes time, you know. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that the tide continues to change um, for acupuncture and uh, for the proving that it actually works. Um, and not just anecdotal evidence, but scientific evidence. And at the heart of everything, I am a scientist, <laughs> so I really enjoy learning the aspects of um, physiology, how does it work. So there's about three three ways that I, I think, or there's more, but three ways that I, it makes absolute sense for me. Um, first of all, that acupunctures have been found to be conductors of electromagnetic signals. And when an acupuncture, um, acupuncture point is stimulated with a needle, the signals increase along the pathway and stimulate the central nervous system. And this will release the flow of pain-killing endorphins and immune system cells that aid in the healing. These electromagnetic signals can be measured and they show how points could be found using modern devices that detect those signals. So that's uh, my first, you know, there's enough evidence to, to tell you that that is true. Um, and how I tell people to know that an analogy is, you know how when the lights are, go out and they're flickering, um, you realize that sometimes the bulb that is flickering is, is not that the bulb, the fuse is gone, it's that you didn't screw it properly. So sometimes, um, in, in some cases, Western medicine is very quick to remove that bulb, just change it. And sometimes it just needs a little, a little wiggling and uh, teasing and screwing it tighter, and then uh, it works. So just like that, surgery, uh, surgery will take and, and cut the piece of your body or pharmacology will numb that piece, uh, that pain, or that problem with with pharma. But in acupuncture, we're aiming to uh, fixing the flow of energy to actually make sure that the energy that's going to that bulb, which is your part of the body in that analogy that I'm just making up as we speak, <laughs> um, that it will uh, actually be there and to illuminate that bulb. But again, we do have a pharmacy in our brains, and we just have to find a way to stimulate uh, our brain to produce um, our opioid system. And so that is the second method that I think uh, that it works with because it will literally release opioids, your endogenous opioids, the stuff that we do ourselves. Uh, it's a stimulated, and it's just like running uh, f- 
running. This, it takes five to seven minutes to start stimulating your opioid system by running. And with acupuncture, with the needle, within five minutes, that's the same effect as a runner's high. Um, and the third is the um, acupuncture stimulation. By doing those ner uh, free nerve endings, you're sending information to your brain cortex. And the brain cortex then release the tra neurotransmitters and neurohormones. And that's the way they control the blood pressure, the flow, the body temperature. And actually, you know, with the explanation before, the opioids and the endorphins, painkilling endorphins, all of those are released. And it's just a nice soup, a nice uh, feel-well soup. Well-being, it's uh, at your hand if you stimulate those. And so um, there are actually applications of acupuncture all around us if you look quite, you know, closely. The athletes, you've seen them when they uh, put this little strip, nasal strip on top of the nose midway. Those nasal strips also uh, are sold for people with um, apnea or they can't sleep well. And so you put them on and they say that you sleep better. Well, actually, they're stimulating a point called bitong. And it is uh, in the mid, between your medial canthus, the inner part of the eye, and I guess the edge of your nose. Um, if you tra trace a line straight down, just midway, that's where they put those strips, and that's the points they're stimulating. And Betong opens the sinus cavities. So, of course, you get better oxygenation, so you sleep better. But is that little strip of thing saying that they're using an acupuncture point? Heck no. <laughs> that would not sell. And then the other things that I've seen is those Im implants that they put on people that have lost the ability to uh, control the urine. So some people actually, after surgery, certain surgeries like prostate surgery or over hysterectomies, they might have a weak uh, urethral sphincter and they might, you know, release some urine um, without having control over it. And so some implants uh, that have been designed for people, they've been implanted in the back of the spine and they're constantly sending. Um, uh, electric stimulation to the to that area of the spine but the placement is at a acupuncture point called shen shu and shen shu is a direct uh, point that is associated with the kidney meridian and the kidney meridian not only controls the musculoskeletal system but it also controls the orifice so both orifice <laughs> and so it strengthens the urethral sphincter by stimulating shen shu. So again, you know, there's a lot of uh, Western techniques that utilize the knowledge of those points. They just don't call it acupuncture. So it, if we are stimulating the point, let me go back to stimulating the point. There's many ways of stimulating those points. If you press on an acupuncture point, you will have some benefit some health benefit would it be as strong as um, let's say bleeding that point putting a needle and let it bleed no i think bleeding is the strongest uh, stimulation you could do to a point but acupressure actually works 
And uh, massage therapy is based on touch. Uh, medical massage uh, therapy uh, using Chinese principles called Tuina is extremely effective. They utilize some acupuncture points and um, they, they apply certain techniques that are extremely effective. Um, but it's because they, the knowledge of where the uh, meridian pathways are. And you can really um, focus your attention on that and effect a bigger change. So after you do acupressure for a pet, for your pet, for example, if I tell you, and in my book, I have a, a lot of uh, illustrations of which points are really good for your pets, uh, let's say for calming points. Um, so after you know where the point is and you put pressure on it, how long do you keep the pressure on and how hard do you press? Well, it all depends. But obviously a firmer pressure and the longer you do it, the better the effect. So acupressure is good for animals that are very uh, flighty, um, that they're scared of needles, or that, you know, they might be uh, just like a little bit feral cats. You know, they don't, they don't trust you to do anything else. You still can help with acupressure. Then the next uh, thing that I would explain would be the different ways of uh, stimulating that acupuncture point and one of them is obviously I just mentioned it um, bleeding the point and that sounds really drastic and believe me the animals sometimes react pretty drastic to it depending on the point that I choose but most don't um, and now my clients know when I see when I'm putting the needles and when I'm bleeding the points and there is a lot of blood. They are like, oh, wow, that's, uh, that's a great sign. They know that because the flow of energy um, is one thing. But the energy, where is that energy carried? It's carried in the blood. So if you're able to tap into a meridian and actually open it with a real hypodermic needle, uh, just prick, a little tiny prick sensation, just like an insulin type syringe, but just prick in this specific point and then allow the blood to come out, then what you effectively did, you move the chi, you move the energy. Why? Because the energy, the packets of energy are in the red blood cells, right? They're carried by the blood. And so if I'm bleeding something, they're moving the blood, they're moving the blood specifically in the meridian because I chose an acupuncture point, then the relief of pain is very dramatic and almost instant. And so when I see a paralyzed dog, I'm going to bleed the major exit points for all the yang channel. Yang is the the energy of movement, right? So I want to tap into that. I want to, the energy of movement, I want to open all those channels. Hello, move the energy there. Whatever blockage is there, I want to relieve. And I often... Um, do bleed the tip of the tail. And the reason being the major pathway for all the yang channels, they all converge in the dorsal midline. So if you divide a human or if you divide a pet right smack in the middle, you're going to have a dorsal, which is the one on top, the one on, you know, facing the sun midline. And then you're going to have a ventral uh, midline, which is going to face the earth, right? 
because the dog's standing in four legs. So, so if you imagine that uh, concept of having a, a dorsal midline and a ventral midline, the dorsal midline is a channel um, called the governing vessel, and the ventral midline is a channel called the conception vessel. And so the conception vessel is probably the concentration of energy, of yin energy, of all the yin channels converging to that. And all of the yang channels, because it's the opposite, the duality of life, all of the yang channels, the energy of movement, the energy of the sun, are going to converge on the top midline, on the dorsal midline, the governing vessel. So when an animal is paralyzed, meaning it's not moving, can't move, the energy is blocked somewhere, it's not moving to the legs, then wouldn't be a very good idea to open the channel that contains all the sum of all the yang channels, all the energy of the sun, all the energy of movement. And that point, my friends, is at the tip of the tail. So when I bleed the tip of the tail with a teeny tiny hypodermic needle, 25 gauge or 29 gauge, just a quick pinprick at the end of the tail, I'm releasing, I'm moving the energy, those packets of energy, if you imaginary energy that you can think of whenever you see the blood move, then you're moving the energy. And it has pretty dramatic effects, especially um, acutely paralyzed animals. I mean, in the, in the, I do it for everybody, but obviously the, the closer to the injury you are, the more dramatic the recovery and the effects, the longer those uh, tissues have been injured, the worse the recovery time. So nowadays I've been, I've been working with several dogs. It takes about five months um, for a, a grade five, which means five paralysis where there's nothing, no control of the bladder, no control of the stool, um, no movement. Uh, takes about five months. And, and the tissues, the, the nerve tissues do regenerate, but they regenerate so slowly that for many, many years, scientists thought that once you had a spinal injury, that was it, that there's no recovery. But they have learned that it, there is recovery. And if you can maintain the tissues, the muscles, the tendons, the tendons contract, you know, that if you don't use it, you lose it, it's true. If you let a paralyzed animal without any rehab, even if the nerve was healed, the condition that caused the nerve injury is, is fixed, then wouldn't be able to walk because the tendons would have been contracted, the restriction of movement would have been real, and the muscle mass to support the weight would not be there. So acupuncture, even even if you have a grade five, which is the worst case of paralysis, and we see that very often, the acupuncture process, while the nerves are healing and repairing naturally, then the acupuncture is there to maintain the flow of blood to those areas, to maintain those lymphatics draining, to maintain those nerve endings active and sending information to the brain cortex so that the brain cortex in, you know, back will send some uh, nourishment to those areas. 
And so it's very, very important, even in the case of very uh, hopeless cases like grade 5 paralysis, to continue to do acupuncture to keep the tissues supple and in good shape and the tendons going and movement with rehab exercises. And believe me, it might take five, six months, but they do um, walk again, you know, uh, a lot of them. And some don't, but still you keep that strength up and you keep the quality of life up for those dogs. And so the the bleeding, again, it might be a little bit uh, hard to swallow for some people to see blood, um, but it's, n- it's not that much usually. It's a, just a couple of drops is all we need. But it's a very strong um, resource for us acupuncturists to use uh, to, to bleed the point. And that's called hemoacupuncture, really. That's the term of it. But um, it still falls under the umbrella of acupuncture. So another way to stimulate the point is to put a needle to it, of course. And that's what everybody people, everybody knows. You know, people have this idea of code like porcupine, you know, a lot of people with many, many needles. However, that's not really that uh, elegant of acupuncture. And the reason is I've noticed in my practice, day-to-day practice, that the more needles you put, sometimes you di- dilute the effect. And that brings me back to one of the things that I didn't explain before, one of the other mechanisms. I think that the acupuncture definitely affects the fascia, which is the fascia is that tissue that um, is everywhere in our body and it surrounds every structure. And some of the structures are bounded together by the fascia. So fascia is a very thin membrane that covers everything, covers the muscle fibers individually and then the muscle bellies and then the muscle groups. And then attaches over, you know, with the tendons into the bones. So when you put a needle in a certain area, you stimulate the fascia. That fascia connects the whole body. And so that explained, at least in acupuncture using balance method, that explained why putting a needle on uh, the left foot will affect the right front foot because there is a fascia, a line or train of fascia uh, fibers that connect one to the other. That's another mechanism of action. And so that's made me be more uh, intentional when I place my needles. If I have a certain limited amount of needles that I'm going to use, then I'm going to choose wisely. And so that needle does make an immediate effect on the fascia. And I think about it as when we go to the gym, you know, and you work on your biceps, and then are you going to work on your biceps tomorrow? No. And why? Because they tell you that you need recovery time. You need at least two days in between exercise and certain uh, muscle group. And the reason is because you're disrupting the fascia layers. And the fascia layers are in a beautiful arrangement of a lattice work, you know, imagine a lattice work, all those fibers. And then you put a needle and you disrupt that. And so that's great because you're causing that stimulation, you know, in the body, uh, causing the body to go immediately to that area and repair and fl- flood the area with good stuff. Um, but it takes about 48 hours in between uh, acupuncture sessions to really, you know, know that that tissue has been improved by the acupuncture. And sometimes, you know, my clients will see immediate results, but I I think it takes 48 hours, and that's why I wouldn't do acupuncture 
um, that every day, uh, or at least the same part every day. I would probably do different points if I had to do it every day. But um, in my hands, I think twice a week would be the most aggressive that I would go, and it would be on animals that are paralyzed for sure. Um, but anyways, I die. I diverge from my topic, but um, the needles could be put by themselves or could be um, connected to a device that provides uh, electric energy. I mean, it's a battery-operated, but uh, similar to a TENS unit, if you ever had one uh, for massage and for uh, muscle strains, uh, that's just pulses of electric energy, electromagnetic energy, but electric, you know, using energy. Um so you're, you're pumping that needle with external sorts of energy, so you're adding to it. So that's a very strong uh, stimulation as well, very strong. Not only are you stimulating the point with the needle, but you're charging that needle with more electricity, with more electric power, with more energy, with more chi. And so electroacupuncture I always use for paralyzed animals or for animals in deep, pain and in a lot of pain because it's very strong stimulation um and that doesn't mean that i will use just one way <laughs> because if you've ever come to our practice it will be bled it will be elect put put electro and it will be put aqua different different ways of stimulating the points and use laser and so it's kind of like a multimodal approach to pain because that is in my oath do no harm and uh alleviate the suffering of animals so i take it seriously um so my job is if you come to my office is the and the and your pet is in pain you leave my office and the pain the pain is gone you know the pet is acting way better right there after the first session but it would, should continue improving day by day after you've gone home so again um the fascia is a really good uh way of explaining why the acupuncture works in so many areas. Again, if you put the point in one, um, you don't know, but there's invisible connections in all those parts of the body. Again, we start, it's the start of thinking, um, new thinking. The body's an ecosystem. It's all connected, and every part actually influences the whole. And so that's the concept we have to think about when we're using acupuncture, what is the effect, the global effect of this point? Um, and that's uh, what I use, you know, in intentional acupuncture. And another way to stimulate the point is uh, using um, aquapuncture. And aqua means exactly the same. Aqua means uh, uh, water in Latin, but it's really any aqueous substance anything water-like substance. I like to use diluted vitamin B12, and vitamin B is essentially many processes of the body, especially for your gut biome. You need some B12. And so I love it. Uh, I love to use it, especially in senior dogs. They might be deficient or they might just uh, benefit from uh, the B12, more stamina, more, more energy, and uh, better appetite. It increases the appetite. So I like that, um, the B12. So I don't do the direct B12 full, you know, full strength. I usually 
uh, diluted with sodium chloride with just um, saline. And uh, that way, you know, the, the other effects of B12, they're water-soluble. So, I mean, if you, you can't really overdose, but um, then the urine, you know, have a really bright color and it's kind of, you know, unsightly. And so I don't use it you know, um, straight often, I uh, often dilute it. And so the other things you can use though, um, it, just aquapuncture doesn't mean just B12 acupuncture. You could use, um, their pet's own blood. Now that looks a little bit, uh, weird, <laughs> like a ritual taking the blood from the pet and then injecting it back or taking the blood from the pet, um, centrifuging the blood, separating and getting the serum and then injecting the serum back into those points. So those are ways to actually heal the body with its own chemicals. So when you are doing, uh, say, for example, uh, plasma-rich uh, uh, infusions of um, the uh, platelet-rich uh, plasma, sorry, pla platelet-rich plasma infusions, th that's actually using the own body's ability to um, heal by harvesting those chemicals directly from the blood and then putting it in a localized area. So instead of just floating through the body diluted, you're concentrating them and you're applying them to a specific joint, to a specific injury, like a muscle strain or a ligament strain, um, or even for arthritis. I mean, you can actually use um, that for arthritis. Uh, PRP for arthritis and I've done it in my practice I've also done stem cells um, treatment and the funny thing is I use it if I, you know stem cells are usually used IV intravenously or in the joint they're used uh, using the ultrasound guided um, placement you put it right on the joint the and the funny thing, I, I, I can reach the joints using acupuncture points and the effect of the stem cells is a lot better to me um, when I use it that way. And so it's all about potentiating your um, treatments, you know, getting, getting better results out of a treatment that other people use. So again, stem cells is not proprietary from me or from... Uh, Chinese medicine is actually a Western uh, super super advanced technique that we use. But then we are harvesting uh, those stem cells from the own uh, pet's uh, system. So um, I, I love that when you don't have to involve a lot of pharma <laughs> in the treatment. Um, I like harnessing your own power to heal and using it for to your advantage. And that's what I try to do in my cases with my dogs. And so another way, going back to another way, stimulating the point is to use moxa. And moxa, it's, um, it's a Chinese herb that is known uh, in the Western world as well. It's known as uh, uh, Artemisius vulgaris or mugworth for a common name 
And in Chinese uh, medicine, it's used because it has a lot of healing properties. It raises the energy. It means they burn it. They burn it like a cigar. They burn it over the area that it's affected. And I do that in the pets. The only problem with the pets is the hair. You know, so obviously you have to be very watchful that the ashes don't uh, touch the pet or that you don't warm the area too much where you actually have a, a burn. Um, so I hovering my hand over the body and then putting the moxin between my fingers that way if i burn my hand then oh, is this too hot for me then it's too hot for your pet um but i teach a lot of clients to do moxa because uh it decreases the frequency of the visits to my practice and some people come from really far away so i want them to maintain the big stimulus that they re receive at my practice. So then I tell them how to do moxa and they can do the points, um, the moxa uh, in the points. Now, is it for everybody? No, there's conditions that are too hot, too inflammatory and adding heat to it uh, will be worse. But oftentimes I see very weak animals, seniors that can even maintain their own temperatures. So their hips are very cold, their feet are cold, they're seeking the sun, they're warming, they're on the blankets, they're very chi deficient. And the chi deficiency, I mean, if you, if you get any disease, you don't even have the energy to fight it. You get cancer, you don't have the energy to fight it. If you get injured, you don't have to, the energy to heal. And so they are very chi deficient, energy deficient. And that's what I do with these. I, I do moxa on them. If they're cold, then it calls for moxa. And in human acupuncture, people have uh, seen a lot of the techniques of cupping. So that brings the surface to the um, the surface, the, the blood vessels to the surface and heals the area. They attract all the neighboring um, chemicals to that area. But in the cupping, they have a smoke, and that smoke is moxa, is, is moxibustion. So I have seen even athletes in the Olympics, you know, they, you know how they go and they do a little background stories and they show different things. So they've done reports and peop, uh, some of the athletes um, recovering and using cupping. And so again, they're using moxa. And so the moxa is going to raise the energy. And so it's a very good tool to use. And especially if you use it along the meridians that you're interested in. So, for example, if you're really cold in the back, um, then I would use it along the dorsal midline or GV channel, governing vessel channel, and then you're raising your energy in all the yang channels, in all the body. And so that's one of the things that I, I think, uh, I hope that I explained to you. There's many ways to use acupuncture. The acupuncture points are real. They are scientifically proving to be there, and they will help... Um, engage your neurochemistry, your pharmacy in your brain and to heal, to promote well-being. And is it safe? It's very safe in the hands of an experienced practitioner. Definitely not a do-yourself acupuncture. You could do uh, uh, acupressure and you can learn where some points are, but really um, it takes an experienced practitioner. So um, you can always go to TCVM tcvm.com and uh, that's my alma mater's chi institute website and they have a practitioner locator near you you put your zip code and it tells you 
you know, people that have gone through the process and uh, some of them are certified, some of them did not seek certification. Uh, and how many um, areas are they um, educated on? Are they just acupuncturists or did they know about herbs? Do they know about food therapy? Do they know about Twina? And uh, so that's a, a good way to find a good practitioner near you. And uh, because because safety is is foremost, uh, you know, concern, you know, is it safe? Yes, it's safe. It is safe. And there are conditions like pregnancy where you wouldn't use uh, strong acupuncture techniques. You know, you could use acupressure, maybe aqua and certain points, avoid certain points that could uh, promote um, the early um parturition so pregnancy is one of those that you have to be very careful with um again really uh, hot infected uh, skin not probably the best choice to to needle through that um tumors you stay away from the tumors um because you will promote the tumor growth if you put a needle through it so those are things that you wouldn't use it for but other than that it's very safe and so a lot safer than the pharmacological uh, products that are out there that can cause terrible side effects, even death. And they have it in their thing, uh, in their disclaimer. So what things can you use it for then? If it's so safe and it really works, well, you can use it, like I said, for paralysis, which in Western medicine is either you do surgery, you put them to sleep, or you try some steroids and rest and see what you got, uh, which is not promising. And so it's a very important part of our practice is paralyzed animals. But we see a lot of knee injuries. I see at least five, five to seven every week um, of knee injuries because the dogs will jump for frisbees and jump out of places that they shouldn't have any reason to be climbing to. And uh, they won't jump appropriately, land wrong, and then twist the knee ligaments. And that's a very common injury. And um, I have presented at the World Congress of TCVM several times uh, regarding this uh, injury because I have really good results. In vet school, they told me that over 20 pounds, you have to do surgery or else they'll never recover and of course, that's not true. Uh, I have achieved a successful use and return of, of the limb function using the leg, um, no noise, no clicking, and no pain in dogs as big as 168 pounds. That's my record. Um, but I use it on everybody. And, I, and, and sometimes, you know, I have to be honest, it's not 100%. Sometimes the animal still you know, it's taking too long or it's very obese and maybe surgery will be a good idea. But then as part of their rehabilitation and the building up of the muscles and the support to that surgery, then acupuncture can be a really good adjuvant treatment. So perhaps not the the front treatment, but maybe a side treatment is something that will support while the healing process is happening. Another area that we can use it is for hospice care. If you have been told that your pet is it has cancer or has a, a disease that there's no cure for, 
That's when you go to TCVM. Absolutely. Because it's not the, the amount of days on this earth, but it's really the quality of them that I'm after. And so I want to offer quality of life for your sick pet, for your cancer patient. And so that's a great tool for all these uh, hopeless cases. So we get a lot of hopeless cases. And I did a report uh, several years back in a Congress looking at my first year of acupuncture and just to see what did I do? Because the first year of acupuncture, just introducing this comp- concept to our community, it wasn't uh, well received in the beginning. So the only way that I could get a, you know, awareness going and, and get it going was to offer it for quality of life appointments. So when they were just dying, you know, there's no hope. This is a hopeless case. I'm coming because I, I think I'm, I'm going to euthanize. If the owner was not firm in that, in that um, decision, then I would tell them, well, let's just try acupuncture. Let's just give it a try. And one session or two sessions. And then they saw improvement. And then, believe it or not, when I look back, 10 cases on my first year of acupuncture, the average life sp- uh, lifespan, the longevity after that quality of life appointment, and I'm... I tell you, I have the cases, was 34 months. 34 months, the average life of those 10 cases. And you say, well, those 10 cases is not enough to make a scientific paper. Well, let me tell you, for those 10 owners of those 10 people, 10 10 pets, um, that was amazing. And for me, it was amazing that I could affect such a dramatic change. And Ever since then, since looking back and seeing how we can prolong the longevity of our pets by using alternative medicine, especially traditional Chinese veterinary medicine, then it just um, had resolved to continue to learn to be better and to keep offering and keep raising the awareness and keep spreading the word that TCVM works, that acupuncture works. And that's what we're doing with this podcast. And this is why I'm so happy you guys just pay attention to what I'm trying to convey here. And uh, thank you so much for being with me in another episode. And we're looking forward to the next. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. And uh, information about this episode came from my book, Alvet, the Revolutionary Pet Care and Longevity Solution, available in Amazon at our clinic and soon to be an audiobook. So look forward to that. And this episode was sponsored by my practice, Orchid Springs Animal Hospital. And our website is www.osahvsinvictorets.com. Osavets.com. There's a lot of information out there. If you want some more information on integrative pet healing, and our pet healer podcast is going to be available in all platforms. So we're looking forward to seeing you again.